1: Hey, before we get the show started, I wanted to let you know we are giving away a bunch of brand new Black
0: Magic gear. Yeah, cameras, switchers, DaVinci Resolve licenses, a bunch of awesome stuff. So stay tuned to learn how you can enter to win free gear from Black Magic, and we're going to tell you all about it later on in this episode. Now cue the music.
1: Hey, welcome to Just Shoot It, a podcast
0: about filmmaking, storytelling, and directing. This is the 48th episode. I'm your host, Matt Lowe And I'm Oren Kaplan. And on the 48th episode of the show, we have Carlin Hudson, a director that has done a lot of really cool things. She has a feature premiere at Austin Film Festival. She has a series that premiered at South by Southwest. She worked with Richard Linklater on a bunch of things. And she is just all around super interesting to talk to. Yeah, I think she's got a ton of great
1: insight about moving from her hometown of Austin, Texas, to Los Angeles, how you take a really great career in your hometown and transfer it into LA. It's great for people who are curious about making that leap themselves. So I think it's another great one. Because it was such a great conversation, we went a little longer than normal. So we figured, let's go ahead and cut out our catch up this week. So tune in next week to find out what Oren and I have been working on lately. And we're going to jump straight into it. This is our conversation with Carlin Hudson. Carlin Hudson
0: Okay, so hey, we're here with Carlin Hudson. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. So you are a director. You direct commercials, digital series. Mm -hmm. Have you done any movies?
2: Yeah, my feature is premiering in a month. right, right.
0: Hey, congrats. I (laughs) didn't know that.
2: You didn't? Yeah. It's my first feature. At
0: Austin Film Festival. Yeah. Yeah, great festival. Yeah,
2: tomorrow we're finishing, we're watching it one more time and exporting.
0: I just
1: got a little like contact high off that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just got excited for you. That's really Thank incredible. You. Yeah,
2: it's exciting. It's been such a long journey that I'm not totally excited yet. Right. but I will be. I think I'll be excited. Yeah. It's kind of. I'm, I'm kind of nervous.
1: Sure, your first you feature. Yeah. yeah, but uh, Austin's a
0: great festival. So it is. Like- you're already bonafide. Austin's reset, the right? one that has like the screenwriting competition that people mm-hmm. care about. Right?
2: Huge I mean, like, the, like I'm already signed up for a masterclass with Paul Feig and Katie Dippold doing like a, a Ghostbusters script to screen, and like the Creeds. It's amazing. Like the, the guests at Austin Film Festival are amazing. Yeah,
0: and Craig Mazin and John August. Always yeah, get always. Those, uh, oh,
2: script notes, guys. Yeah, the inspiration mm-hmm.
0: for uh, director notes. Yeah, it's called <laughs> <director Cut> notes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So. I guess just real quick before we dive into your feature and all the stuff you're working on now, what's Mm -hmm. your, you went to UT Austin, right? Film school.
2: Yeah. I went to NYU for acting first.
0: Okay. Undergrad. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And then. Are you Texan though? You're from Texas? I'm a Texan. I'm from a place called Seguin, Texas. Oh. very small town.
0: Cool. Is there a U in that?
2: Yeah. It's spelled S-E-G-U-I-N.
0: Okay.
1: People like called and it. said sequin. Yeah, it would have been no. like maybe. Yeah. maybe. Okay, when cool. I was
2: growing up, it was like maybe 16,000 people. Now it's like 20.
0: Oh, wow. On the up and up.
2: It's on the up and up.
0: So you went to NYU for acting. and yeah. then Were you involved in film at all while you were doing that?
2: No. I mean, honestly, I, I went to New York for the first time because I was going to be a rockette. And I was... For I had real? Scott, For real. I was a very serious dancer my whole life. And I got a scholarship to study with the Rockettes. So I was one of three women who was like a paid yeah, apprentice. Yeah, because most women
0: have trouble getting jobs with the Rockettes.
2: Right? Yeah, so I went there in the summers during high school and studied with them. And so that was my like first plan. But then I thought, never mind, I'm going to go to acting school, I'm to be an actress, I'm going to be famous. And so then I, went, I got into NYU and was like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to school here. And then I didn't like, Acting?
1: Were you in the Tish? Uh, but they have like experimental yeah. and then kind of more standard. Yeah,
2: I was
0: traditional. Thank you.
2: I was in uh, the Adler School, Stella mm-hmm. Adler School.
0: So that's traditional.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's when you audition, they place you in one of I think five. So you audition and then they're like, we think it's like Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah, we yeah think they sort should you. Be, right? yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: right. So you were a Ravenclaw, basically.
2: Yes, the smartest. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things happened. I realized I didn't want to be an actor. I also, it's just—it's one of those programs that you have to just totally commit. And actually, sophomore year, there's this girl who I will not name. But she started this rumor, because I told her in secret that I was having doubts about being an actor. And so she started this rumor, and Stella Adler, like, and so people would come up to him whispering and be like, hey, I heard she might not want to be an actor anymore. And I was <laughs> like, No. Who said that? No, I, you know, it's this like weird? And
1: w- were people vying for your spot? Like it's, it's competitive to be it's in those programs. So is it like, oh man, if she leaves, my
0: roommate can finally take over. Or something I don't know. Like it's just that, this
2: kind like, of weird. Like, oh, you gave up.
0: like. Well, I'm sure yeah. like, I would imagine the teachers and the faculty, like that people, NYU is like a known theater school that people yeah. are like, hey, hey, send us some of your students. Recommend some actors to us. Yeah. And yeah. if you're against your fellow students, you know. Right. And right. you know one of them doesn't really want it. You don't want them to. Yeah, if right. someone's it. given up, then you
1: get to like, you know, get the lead in the spring show or whatever. Right, exactly. Interesting.
2: Yeah, there's that and then uh, the kind of noticing what parts were available to women and I was all I was almost always cast as a stripper or a prostitute and I thought This doesn't seem right like why are there all why aren't that like a third of the roles available to women are those two things and if not that's like a wife or a girlfriend there's like a few great roles but um i was tired of that and then the big thing was my mother got a six months to live cancer diagnosis but she lived but anyways i I decided to move back to texas i took a leave of absence from nyu and then i never went back and then i transferred to ut and And applied to film school because my cousin was making, he owned a commercial production company in Austin, and we were like smoking pot one night. And he said, You should go to film school. And I was like, Yeah, sure. Not doing anything else. So I really ended up in film school on total accident.
1: That's actually just the essay that you wrote to get into UT Austin. I can't
2: right? imagine what my essay said. It's probably like, Well, I was going to do gender studies or film. Seemed like I could get a job, maybe in film. So here I am. Yeah.
0: Yeah, gender <laughs> studies is the one <laughs> thing you can study that will get you less jobs. Than I
2: know. You could
0: be
1: a philosophy major.
2: That's right. Yeah. My parents were just like, "We aren't going to help you pay for rent anymore if you don't go to school." So I was like, "Guess I'm going to UT," <laughs> and it was great. I mean, I, I totally. am so glad that I went to UT Film School. It was awesome.
0: I mean, you went there at the right time, right? Yeah. Like it basically. Richard Linklater and Robert Rodriguez and mm-hmm. whoever else, Matthew Ander- McConaughey. Wes Anderson went there as well, right? He did, yeah. but
2: I think yeah. he was a philosophy major.
0: He, I guess he was, I don't think of Wes. Of philosophy major. Yeah. I don't think of him as like like a huge part of the Austin film scene. Though, yeah, because right?
2: yeah. Yeah, I think he's like lived in Paris now. It's yeah, yeah. too cool.
0: But there's these like film superstars when you the were DuPonts going to school there. Oh, yeah, were, the Duplass um, Brothers were there
2: for a long time. And they, I know Jay somewhat through that scene. And then I worked with this director named Andrew Bajowski, who's like a super well-known indie film director
0: yeah you produced i produced computer minutes. chess yeah or co-produced oh, yeah that's super cool mm-hmm. well done Thank yeah you. i know when i yeah. met carlin i met her at this director's meetup that we have on occasion because you know directors don't really meet each other because you only need one percent <laughs> though i <laughs> want to talk about your show with two directors
2: okay yeah f- yeah
0: in a minute but um uh, yeah you were just like so humble because we all introduced ourselves and you're like yeah you know i just moved to la and direct some stuff and then, like, all these things bubbled up about all these things you've done. Oh, and I'm like, thanks. holy cow, that's crazy.
2: Yeah, that's We're the thing very about. Accomplished. Oh, thank you. I don't, sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but it's nice to be reminded. You know, I think starting a career in Austin, I was just given access to things that I don't know if I would have done in LA or New mm-hmm. York. I don't know. I mean, when I, the summer after I graduated, I got hired on computer chess as a production coordinator, and hired meaning I got $500. For the summer. (laughs) Right. And I like begged my parents like, please help me pay my rent for one more summer Mm -hmm. and then in September I will get a job. Uh and they were like and I was like, I believe in this guy, like I think he's this could be big. And they were like, This sounds like such a crazy movie. And I was like, It's gonna be great.
1: You guys were both right.
2: right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean now when my mom tries to watch the film. She's tried three times and every time she goes, you know, Carlin, I put it on. It's a documentary. I'm like, no mother, it's not a documentary. She goes, well, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. It just looks like a documentary. Just
1: to like catch people up, give us a little bit of context for the film. Of Computer Chess? Yeah, yeah.
2: So Computer Chess is set in 1979, 1980. And it is about kind of like the precursor to Deep Blue. So it's like about computers the, the playing, famous computer. Yeah, it's about computers playing chess against each other. And this there wasn't even a script. There actually one scene was scripted, but it was a 10-page document that we all worked. It was a very low budget. We shot in this motel in Austin that was uh, very sketchy because we needed a hotel that looked like 1979. Mm-hmm, and we right. shot on these old Sony cameras that uh, those were like the biggest divas of the whole set because there were only 3 left in the world.
1: And they're like Black and white doesn't even really yeah. explain it. Have you it. seen it, man? Uh, it's on no. Netflix. It is on Netflix. That's true. Mm-hmm. I remember it was at Cinefamily or something.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it won a jury prize at Sundance.
1: Yeah, it was like super buzzy there yeah, for a while. Yeah, yeah. And is tonally very unique, we'll yeah. say, right? Like, yeah. it, it's. To call it a mockumentary isn't exactly right.
2: Yeah, right? It's, it's. No, it's. it's I guess it's it was considered a. An intellectual comedy or something? Yeah. One of, it was termed one like of
1: those things. It's bone dry.
0: Yes. OK, so the computers play chess versus other computers. Wow. And we have something new this year. We have a lady who is competing way in the back corner. There she is. If all computers can do is calculate, what is artificial intelligence? are getting
1: smaller, they're getting better, they're getting faster. It's a matter of time before we beat people with these things. I'd be willing to bet that you and I are the only ones here who even understand that programming has a feminine side. Uh, I would love to stay in your room if you have an extra bed. It's a couples group. I don't know if you've ever done any encounter stuff or anything like that.
0: Look deep within me <laughs> to find what is inside you.
2: And we cast real programmers and real there was there was so so it's like kind of two plots it's like the computer programmers and then these hippie group therapy people and the group therapy people were actors and then the computer guys were just normal tech guys that we found
1: yeah wild
0: yeah andrew's amazing what did he say that made you think this guy has something special
2: uh one of the producers convinced me because i was producing a bunch of graduate films at ut because at first I didn't know I wanted to be a, I wasn't sure if I could even be a director, so I started producing, just because I was like, "I can do this, I can get shit done." And I just knew that his other movies had premiered, at like Berlin and Southbound. Mm-hmm. and thought like, "Oh, I can learn from him." And he's truly the nicest guy on the planet. I mean, Andrew is the nicest person I've ever met. So that made it easy, you know And then they promoted me to co-producer, and I was 22 or 23. so yeah. that was cool. Yeah.
1: So to have produced a feature film mm-hmm. that premiered at Sundance in mm-hmm. twenty three. And were you still
0: in in college?
2: I had just graduated.
0: Okay. Yeah, And, and you then, went to Sundance?
2: Yeah, I went to Sundance. Super fun. Also, you know, Sundance is hard to see movies at, but since Computer Chess was like a buzzy film, I had maybe six tickets or something. So I'd like trade those to see other movies and
1: you don't know, explain that to people. I think cause <laughs> sure. it's, it sounds crazy to be yeah. like, well, oh, it's hard to see movies at Sundance. I yeah. went to Sundance in 07 and literally did not see a single film.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, so I had a badge and uh, I thought, cause I had been to South by and other festivals, I thought like, Oh, you have a badge. You like get into movies. No, at Sunday it's a badge does nothing. I think I got into like some L'Oreal <laughs> hair salon and got like I my hair done. That's it.
0: <laughs> well, your hair looks great. That's pretty. Thank great, you.
2: Was years ago, <laughs> still holds up. That's
0: incredible. Yeah, wow. Yeah. But don't you if you have a badge, can't you buy tickets <laughs> like a special ticket booth at like six a.m.? Yeah,
2: you're right. That so other yes, other people can't buy. I don't know if that's. true. I don't remember. I kind of think you just have to get up. At we got up at six a.m. in the snow, took a bus. To be in line by seven thirty and then even and even at that time
1: You didn't get it Yeah, anything. there
2: was like three yeah. things available, so you're like, well, I guess I'll go to this.
1: Yeah, I feel like if you're not in line by like six AM
2: It's crazy.
1: You don't get to see whatever that first thing yeah. is. Yeah. I went
2: to a lot of parties because I was like met people right. who could take me to parties. But I saw I saw a few films. I think I saw In a World because I traded a ticket.
1: What
0: That's the Lake, Lake Bell. Yeah. yeah. She's like a voiceover person. Mm-hmm. Breaking into this male-dominated s- field of right. voice acting. Then I saw and some... Now I get it.
2: <laughs> some abortion documentary. What was it called? After Tiller. Oh, God. That was amazing. <laughs> and uh, also, there was metal detectors on the way in to that screening.
0: Oh, because oh, right. it's it was controversial. Super, it's, about it's a really conservative audience at Sundance.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's kind of mixed. Act- there are some pretty conservative people at Sundance. The people who live in Park City, I think, are...
0: They're just collecting your money. They don't care. Yeah. Yeah, they're, Wait, they're, who knows? They're definitely they're not gone. going to they would, yeah. yeah, they're like, hey, I'm going to Airbnb my condo. Yeah,
2: for $1,000 for like a one-bedroom. Yeah.
0: Okay. Can I tell our listeners, I made the biggest mistake ever. I went to Sundance last year, and I took a okay. friend... That was not in the film industry or interested in film <laughs> at all.
2: <laughs> Good move.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the slopes were no, like, no. pretty empty. She was into. So you can she was into it. celebrity sighting. She was like, "Can we just <laughs> sit like in a cafe and like." Yeah. Have a beer and watch people. I'm like, no. First of all, it's like twenty degrees outside, so we're yeah. not going to be sitting on the street. Sure, it, 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 you can see famous people in yeah. those. You can yes, you can see and famous have people. a great time actually. Well, mm-hmm. you're but like we were like, like crabby burger, like a moose burger. Bad or yeah. food. But the we were worst. trying to like network, yeah. and she was like just wanted to hang out, and I'm like, that's not. Right. You have to work. Like, do it's, it's not going to like Encinitas for like a right, right resort vacation. Right. Which I don't think Ensenada is even that nice. It's mm. not like going to Puerto Vallarta. It's like you get there and you have to. You want to see a movie? You got to get on the work. phone. You yeah. got to call. You got to get on the website. You got to this. You got to wait in lines. You got to do all this stuff. And like you hear about parties, you can't roll in with eight people. It's like no. you're lucky yeah, yeah. to get in with one other person. And it was yeah. just like, it, it was really tough because it was like we were having to keep her happy, like having a good time because she kind of came as like a friend of ours, mm-hmm. right? But also, we were like, ugh. It's my so least much favorite easier.
2: festival so far that I've been to.
0: That but the movies sense. are good. Yeah.
2: Some, not all. No, not all A lot, of, lot them. of them aren't good. A lot of them are like, how did you, how did this get in? Oh, right, there's a famous person or a Right, but when you see that movie,
0: doesn't it make you feel like you can be a good director?
2: No, it's actually kind of disheartening in a way because... If you're making actual independent films, there are eight to ten spots available to you at Sundance in the next like section. Like if you don't
0: know anyone. You're no, saying,
2: even if you know people. I mean, it's like there are eight to ten movies in the next section if you're a narrative independent feature, and that's it.
0: And the next section is the, if your budget is under five hundred thousand dollars, right?
2: Or even two million. I mean, like in the next it, section. I, no, I think ne- next year
1: next isn't about. It's it's more about discovery. If I'm right. not wrong, it's like oh it's, when it it's first. It's less about budget. It's more about like. Being what? weird or unique or like not having a celebrity I know a couple
2: movies who had a but I think a bit of like seven or eight hundred yeah. they got in the next section. Really? Yeah. It is it's tough. I mean one of my friend's movies called First Girl I Loved played last year. Did you see you didn't see it probably. Mm-hmm. That was an example of a film that I thought was amazing. It's so Beautiful, and that got in the next section. I was like, finally, like they're discovering people. It was his second feature,
0: so hmm. yeah. My friends had a movie there. It's called The Overnight, and it was like they made it for like a hundred thousand dollars, but it was with like Jason Schwartzman, right. Adam Scott. You can find it on Netflix. Now. Yeah, basically, Wait, that, Duplass is, Brothers yeah. uh, produced it. Yeah, and they were basically made the deal. They're like, we're going to pay each person a hundred dollars a day, and everyone gets a percentage of the. Movie. I didn't know you knew the people who did the overnight. Well, that's I know the DP cool. and the production designer. So you produced this movie, and then how how did you segue into directing?
2: Well, actually, so after that, my next job was field producing Richard Linklater's Hulu series. Wait, wait. Yeah, Richard Wha- Linklater made a Hulu series that six people watched. Um, that's not true. That's not quite fair. It's a second. It was a second original series that Hulu greenlit after.
1: What What was it called?
2: It was called Up to Speed.
1: I can't believe that I don't know about this.
2: I know. It's, it's a, it's nobody (laughs) saw It's really interesting. It's uh it's kind of, they released it. It It was, was that one guy. There's a documentary filmmaker guy who made the first. Oh, oh, uh, um, that guy. Uh,
1: Morgan Spurlock did. It's actually really, really good. Uh, a day in the life. So yeah, yeah, the day in
2: the life was the first one up to speed was the second one. I thought and, you were uh, going to say
1: East Los High, which is not my way.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. and uh, so he, so yeah, Rick made this series, and um, it's this kind of
1: bizarro I, I travel. I cannot express how jealous I am <laughs> really? that you just called him Rick. <laughs> yeah. That's like the fucking coolest. <laughs> really? thing.
2: Really, Austin? Wait, yeah, Rick are you kidding is me? For Richard, yeah. Rick, everyone, if you know Rick, you call it Rick, Richard. Then you call kidding. him Rick. It's kind of like people in Austin who worked with Terrence Malick call him Terry.
0: Mm. Yeah. By the way, the if you ever worked with Jennifer coolest. Love Hewitt. Call her love. A little is that insider true? tip. Yeah, I'm like ready to move <laughs> so there.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so then I field produced, which is also kind of a strange term because they were a hybrid narrative docu kind of. It's this like weird travel show. And I did the New York episode, the Austin episode, and the Kansas City episode. And so it starred star Speed Levitch, sure. who's the star of the cruise.
1: Sure. Which yeah. is
2: a movie that in high school changed my life.
0: He's also in Waking Last, Life.
2: Waking Life and uh, she, Live from Shiva's Dance Floor. <laughs> another Richard Linklater <laughs> so, short. If
0: Matt hasn't heard of it, it's pretty there. <laughs> Pretty so, indie. Yeah. yeah.
2: So that was my sort of next job.
0: Wait, so how, how did you hook up with Rick?
2: So, yeah, Rick. Uh, same, one of the producers from Computer Chess produced that series. Okay. Because Andrew Bajowski knows Rick. And uh, he said, I need an indie producer because our budget is kind of low for this and so that producer Computer, just had a few producers so um and yeah one of them kind of took me under his wing and he is the one who promoted me from production coordinator to co-producer and you know it was i i feel like i did deserve that title and because i helped kind of like buy like find some money whatever I, i like i helped produce the film sure but yeah he was a kind of a mean guy and nobody liked this guy I don't know. I guess I felt a little bit indebted to him mm-hmm. because he gave me this co-producer title on this film that did pretty well. And we actually made money on computer chess. Like I oh. got a residual check for two grand, which is insane.
1: That is insane. Yeah, I know. All right. You guys stop right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch the trailer for computer chess. Can you believe quick.
2: that made money? I mean, it's like, uh, it's so unlikely.
1: Yeah, it, it's... It's I would have bet a, well, it's two thousand dollars
0: against it.
2: Yeah, no, Netflix a, could pay ten grand for the rights. This is for a and how movie much movie?
0: did the movie cost? Was it under half a 1000000 we They'll
2: say under two hundred.
0: And was it distributed internationally?
2: Yeah it was. Kino, Lorber picked it up. And computers and got a lot of grants. And it was the grand jury
0: prize of Sunday uh, I guess that's true. It
2: wasn't the grand jury prize. It won the oh, Alfred well. P. Sloan prize and then a special jury prize. Oh, okay. So we got a okay. lot of grant money because it was a science-y kind of movie. So the right. Alfred P. Sloan Foundation gave a lot of money to the film. And since our budget was so small, half of it was paid back by grant mm-hmm. money. That makes so we only had to make back like 75 grand. Mm-hmm. And then Kino picked it up and then it got... Sundance distributed internationally and it had a theatrical run that did pretty well. So that movie- I mean, I
0: can't imagine that you win an award at Sundance and not make at least $100,000.
2: Maybe. I get, don't know. I get this what is you're Sundance. saying.
0: Sundance. I mean, I don't know. My it's movie. A, it's a weird fucking
1: movie, is what I'm saying. It's a really weird movie. Like, it's a movie that it's hard to imagine the audience being super big. You know what I mean? Super it's, niche audience. Yes. Yeah, it's like a very strange, you could, like, the people who like it love, love it, it. Which is awesome and cool and mm-hmm. kind of a thing that I, I love the most about filmmaking. But, like, it's not a, a mainstream movie by any measure of the amount No,
2: it did get, I mean, critics loved the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. at New York Times, New York, or like, everyone just gushed about this film. Because it was okay. so different, I guess. Yeah. And Andrew's a great filmmaker.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. it sounds like, I don't want to sound like I'm putting it down. No, just, no. Right. For the record, Matt has not seen the movie. Sure, <laughs> that's true, that's true. I think, honestly, maybe I started it and didn't finish it.
2: Wouldn't be the first. Again, my mother, three you, times, tried to watch yeah. it. Yeah, she
1: sounds like a lovely lady. She <laughs>
2: also told me when she came, she was like, I saw a movie called The Other Woman. You know, you, women in it, you should, you're you going to love it. And I was like, mother, God. Oh, yeah, I guess so I got off a tangent. But this. So this producer guy... Yeah, so I already, I mean, it, it got so bad that I tried to quit multiple times the film. And the other producer would talk to me, like, talk me off the ledge, and I would stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, all the PAs, that like, I had hired, would ban, uh, twice, it was so sweet, they banded together, and, like, if you, you know, if you don't say you're sorry to Carl, I'm like, we all are walking. And it was so sweet. Yeah, that's great. I know. It was great. Too bad it got to that. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, this, Less this, great. right. So, this producer, when he... I thought, leaving that movie, what a great experience except for this, and I'll never work with him again. A month later, he said, I got this Richard Linklater thing. Will you go? I was like, fuck.
0: Yeah. Yes. By the way, this is like a pattern I just see over and over and over in Hollywood. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. that I say I'm never going to work with this person again is the person that's like, hey, Oren, I have this job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, it yeah. pays great, and it's this amazing opportunity. Yeah. And every time it's like a mistake to take it, but it's also not. I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah, it is. It isn't. I mean, at the time. It is and it isn't. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this crew was. I, I, you know, I field produced some of the episodes and there was this guy who produced it. And then there was Shane who shot the movie. And then there's Joel who did sound. And then we had a PA and Rick. I mean, there's six mm-hmm. of us. It was crazy. Like to have that kind of access to like one of my like heroes. I mean, Daisy Confused changed you know i saw that in freshman year of college i was like oh my god amazing uh and actually he, he shot part of that movie in Saguin, which is the first thing he said to me he's like where are you from i said sagin He's like oh we filmed the i'm like i know the car wash scenes from Saguin." but That's anyways so cool. yeah so it's amazing like you know still to this day i can call him or his assistant or you know see him at parties and he's like oh my god how are you and it's kind of amazing that uh yeah it's it was cool so i worked with like andrew and him and uh Yeah, so that's kind of that was like one of the perks of starting in Austin was starting off with those two directors who I respect big time and produce before I was twenty five. I produced stuff for them, which is nuts.
1: I I feel like there's a very strong impulse for people to like move to L.A. immediately. Right, Mm and we we talked about it last episode. Yeah, and
0: I'm always like move to L.A., move to L.A., move to L.A. When did you
2: when did you move to L.A.? Well, or when you were young, younger.
0: Yeah I went to UCLA I studied engineering I okay. auditioned for computer chess I didn't get it uh, and then I moved to Silicon Valley And I remember as an your tape Yeah, Terrible <laughs> Thank you <laughs> um, but then I was like really when I was, was I've was told the story a million times when I was at UCLA I was like an extra on like a bunch of TV shows like I was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and all these things and I like fell in love with being on set and it never really left me so even mm-hmm. when I was an engineer like I was making short films and then I was like I really try to make it in San Francisco, but in San Francisco, we talked about this last week, it's like much more of an art than a business. Yeah. And like I needed to make a living so I could stop being an engineer. Right. So I'm so trying of realize LA. LA is the only place where it's like, it's acceptable to say like, I'm not going to do this job unless you pay me. In any sure. other city, it's like, yeah, we'll give you $500 for the summer to produce like this famous director's right. movie. Yeah. That doesn't fly in LA. You yeah,
2: know? Terrence Malick has famously... 100, like a hundred interns at all time. <laughs> it's pretty illegal. I mean, like I don't know how he gets away with it, but there's a an he's, army he's, um, of people.
1: Terrence Malick,
2: right? There's just yeah, an, Terry. When yeah. you, just so you know, like when you meet someone who's like, "I edited for Terrence Malick," you're like, "Whatever." So he had like twenty editors at all time, <laughs> and seriously, he had everyone I know that went to UT was an intern at, at his company. He also takes like ten years to make a movie, right? So yeah, right. Plenty yeah. of stuff to work on, I guess.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, should have
1: um, gone to UT, you guys. Right,
2: but Rick had at all times only one intern. I mean, his office is on Austin Film Studios lot, and he has Kirsten as his assistant, who's been with him for ten years. And he has his editor, Sandra, and then he has like an AE, and maybe one intern. So It's like tiny compared to Terry's sure. office, which is funny. Right,
0: I'm going to ask you a very hard to answer question. Yeah, can you give us like three directing things tips you learned from Rick?
2: Because you watched him
0: direct, right? Yeah,
2: I did watch him direct. It was I mean, I watched him direct a weird sort of hybrid documentary show, but actually working with him made me realize that if you have a great story, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Hmm. Because he's made great work his whole career with not much money. I mean he made boyhood with very, very little money. And look how well that did. And he's really he he also really listens to everyone. He's such a nice guy, open, he's, he's interested in other people. He's a great listener and asks a lot of questions. And I think that's important to be mm-hmm. curious as a director.
0: And did you see him direct actors? I
2: saw him direct Speed, who's the main guy. I don't, I don't know. It's hard for me to remember like, exactly what that was like, because I feel like I was like, trying to produce and mm-hmm. putting out fires and right. that kind of stuff. And we okay, didn't really cool. have monitors either. I don't think he had a monitor. We were just kind of on the go. He just kind of stood by Shane. Who shot his last movie? Great DP out of Austin. And uh, yeah, it was this tiny little crew.
1: That's cool. Yeah. So you're producing all of this stuff. We talk about like, oh, you have to move to L.A., you have to move to L.A., you have to move to L.A. This is a very clear case study of like, maybe you don't for a while. Right? Right. Like you're getting killer credits, mm-hmm. you're getting one on one mentorship from some of the best filmmakers working. Yeah. You know, I moved to LA when I was eighteen, right? Like I for college. Okay. So like,
2: like
0: whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like and didn't really think about it. Like it mm-hmm. wasn't even aware that I was really moving to LA forever. You right. Know? Remind me um, where you came from. Northern California. Oh right. So people people hear California that think oh like oh yeah it's all Southern California Northern California same thing. They're basically different states. So I, I, this is fascinating to me that like you're building all these credits. What sort of future do you feel like you have when you're in Austin? And what is kind of the what's the decision to a start directing and b decide to move?
2: That's uh, yeah. It's a conversation I think I've had. With a lot of people. I mean, Austin, um, it seemed like of my friends of UT who moved to LA, they all, I, maybe not all of them, but it seems like most of them immediately got an internship at like an agency or a big mm-hmm. production company, and then they moved into the system. Mm-hmm. And, and by s- the
1: system, you mean?
2: Hollywood.
1: Yeah. Like the studio TV system. TV studio, studio system. system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, like, one of my friends works for Berlanti, another you know, one works at NBC, whatever, TV some
1: but but not in the field is what you're saying
2: right so i think a couple of them now are trying to make their own work but they've just been in like the system of i don't know this industry for so long and that's how they make a living it's like they started as an assistant and have now are a ce or
1: right. whatever right and what you mean just to kind of clarify for people who yeah. maybe don't understand it's like they wear a suit they yeah. work in a cubicle they go to meetings, they, go they to talk meetings. About how they, much money a movie, a script can make in mm-hmm. certain countries. They have conference calls. They're not, they haven't touched a camera in years. Right. You know, they're not in the field. And even if they're on set, it's okay for them to look at their phone basically all day. That's what you mean by the system, yeah. Right? yeah,
2: yeah. It's just it's making a living working at a studio or right. a TV network or something.
1: Whereas, like, if you were on your phone and it wasn't to solve a problem for the shoot in the next hour or right. next day or something, it was a serious problem. Like, it, yeah. it, it was on your shoulders
0: to make sure that everything was moving. Yeah, unless you're playing Yo Kai Watch Wibble Wobble, <laughs> probably one of the best games.
2: <laughs> Plugging it.
0: Don't be a stinky <laughs> butt. <laughs> crazy butt. Crazy butt. That's a line from this commercial. Don't be
2: a stinky butt.
0: Uh, a kid shows his mom a picture and says, look at this. It's Cheek Squeak. He's a crazy butt. And he says that. I thought that it was just like saying like, he's a butthead. Right. But no, he is a butt. Like um, like literally. it's cheek,
2: Cheeky is a butt. Cheek
0: Squeak is like a little butt monster that oh, makes God. you fart uncontrollably. <laughs> like imagine like Pikachu, but combined with a butt.
2: Sounds fun. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I'm into cheek it. Cheek Squeak. Cool. So you, you were oh, saying yeah. though.
1: Oh, yeah. uh your friends were in the system
2: yeah and and you know and and conversely the people who stayed in i i i mean, actually okay here's my landlord in college was this is this amazing woman whose sister happened to be one of the staff writers of community and my name is Earl and uh she's in a really really talented comedy writer so i met her so my landlord was like nice enough to be like you should meet my sister when she comes to town and so i met with this woman And we hit it off, and she's like, hey, you're graduating soon. You come to L.A. and be my assistant. And I thought like, oh, my God. Like, She's writing Community at the time. She had a new show. And I didn't realize how big of an opportunity that was at the time because I was like, oh, I'm living in Texas. I'm making my own stuff and working on my friend's stuff. But I I had had to make the decision, like, should I move to L.A. and work for her or stay here and make what I thought was like make my own work. And I chose to stay in Texas because I thought – I want to be a director. I don't know if I can do it in LA, so I'm going to stay here. So that was what I did.
1: And why didn't you think you could do it in LA?
2: I just was worried about money. I think. Yeah. I didn't know anyone. I mean, like I'm cost not
1: of living sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's like I, I don't. You know, I'm not from a family that knows you anyone here. I just didn't know how I'd live in LA. I had lived in New York and I lived in Austin, but I just was like, seems too crazy. So I just made a choice, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stay in Texas and see what happens. I didn't think I'd, I didn't think I'd be in LA two years ago, truthfully. Yeah, yeah. And I've been in LA a little over a year.
1: You know, it's funny. I feel like we talk about this on the podcast all the time. Like, it takes a couple opportunities that you kind of like turn down or yeah. like botch in some cases, like mine. You know, like you you fuck up a meeting or you don't even understand that there's an opportunity in front of you. Yep. And it's worth reiterating. That's all okay. Yeah, you know what I
0: mean. Like that's. I have this. Everybody does it. F- this friend, he's a TV writer, and he told me this like really interesting thing about pitching TV. And he said, like, look. So first, you you start writing stuff, and no one wants to talk to you or whatever. And you make a couple things, and somehow through a hookup, you get like an agent or a representation. And then you go out and you pitch. And the first year, you pitch maybe once or twice because no one else wants to hear your pitches and they don't sell. Then the second year you get a few more people to listen to you because you kind of started figuring out like what pitching is, Mm -hmm. but you don't sell anything. Then the third time you have some people ask for scripts, you know, and it's like it's like a five or six year process to get to sell some. I mean, yes, there's people that are super lucky and there's like the Lena Dunhams in the world, but like everyone else is like, you have to like not sell something so many times before you sell it, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I think actually, like, I don't know if any, I think the
1: luck is not that, Lena Dunham sold something right away. It's that she started so much earlier than us. Like, hmm. she was just in an environment where, right, Teen Men Writing, learning like how 10 to years like write 18. and pitch and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, sure, exactly. that web series. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just are, some people are just dialed in or they're in an environment where, like, you know, like, you know, my parents were just like working and like, yeah. you know, had normal jobs and stuff and like mm-hmm. still don't understand what I do. And I'm so grateful to them and all of that stuff. But, what I mean is that, like, th- there's no way that they could have even just explained what a pitch was to me. No, you know. Sometimes what I,
0: mean? I wonder if I should like start telling my daughter, like, like,
2: maybe you should,
0: like, reading her "Save the Cat" at bedtime. I don't your know. your daughter's gonna become like a chemist or something, so much better than a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I still think filmmaking is pretty cool.
1: It's cool. It's it cool. is cool. I'm always
0: surprised when I meet people that don't work in the film business. And they're like, "What do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I'm a director, I direct stuff." They're like, "Oh, cool." Anyway, uh, can you pass the salt? I'm like,
2: yes. Don't you want to
0: ask me anything? Yeah. Like, no, Don't you want to know cool what I direct? Hard. Yeah. I work so hard. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't ever answer the question of how I got into directing.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. I mean, so when I was in film school, the first—I mean, I had never picked up a camera, and so I had—you know—I was 20 by the time I transferred into UT Austin. And um, the first production class we had, we had to make something, and I remember being terrified. And I was like, "Well, shit! I've never even held a camera before." So I was, I thought, like, oh, "I'll make a documentary because this will be easier than directing actors." And so I had to go to like this thing at my—it was like my nephew's birthday or something. So I like was like, well, "Well, I'll go to my sister's house." My sister is ten years older than me, and like is, like, a Lululemon housewife and, like, lives in this, like, big mansion
1: world. I love describing people as Lululemon people. Yeah. It's uh, totally accurate. Yeah. Right?
2: I, I love my sister. We are so different. I mean, she's, like, a Republican, like, has this big house, whatever, you know, has, hasn't worked for many years. And so she, like, lives in this world that is still fascinating. So I brought my camera, and I thought I would ask her kids and all these other kids like you know where do babies come from and like how'd your mom get pregnant so I'm asking what they gave me permission and I was like okay so I'm asking all this stuff and they were giving hilarious answers and then I gave an 8 and 9 year old a book called It's Not the Stork and I really thought <laughs> that they knew what sex was I had no idea so I'm like the camera's rolling so I give this 8 and 9 year old boy the, the book and they're reading and then all of a sudden they're like and the penis enters the a- <gasps> oh my god on camera they're freaking out and i'm like oh my god oh my god and then they like run out of the room and i'm following with the camera and my sister's like turn that off like what'd you tell them and they're like it's pretty crazy that sounds uh, so good yeah it's technically a disaster i mean like it's out of focus you can barely but it was but it was like (laughs) a okay yeah it was so wacky and so i had like um really funny little inserts of the book illustrations in the middle of this documentary and it won like my classes thing whatever and i was like oh maybe yeah. i like have something here and also the director of uh this movie called winnebago man did y'all ever yeah, see yeah, that yeah, yeah. So from the that, youtube video yeah, yeah so that is my good friend ben steinbauer and he was the judge of this class thing and said hey will you come be my intern and i said you don't want me to be your intern because i know nothing i was like i seriously he was like well maybe you should come be him. i was like no thank you so much just like and to keep working, and he was like, "Can I buy you lunch?" I was like, "Yeah, I guess, whatever." And so then he convinced me to be his intern, which is hilarious. I really knew nothing, and uh, that was in post on Winnebago Man. So that was my first kind of foray. I got lucky, I think. You know, that was like yeah. an instance. Sure. of We me must
0: post a link to the Winnebago Man. Video. So good. Yeah. He didn't make the. He didn't edit the original video. He made the no, documentary. He made, made the, the documentary
1: about which is kind of like to to clarify, it's like Winnebago Man is like this weird kind of. Pre-viral video. Viral video. Yeah. Like, it was, like, it was, like, people it was passed on around
2: on VHS. VHS tapes, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. It was like... Oh. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, so good. good. But Minnie Winnie. A- my daughter's name is Winter. Uh, <gasps> I always call her my Minnie Winnie. How funny. Because of that She's Winnebago a man. Winnebago yeah. woman. How yeah. funny.
2: Yeah, so that was my first internship. And actually, Ben, I always credit him. I'm like, you gave me my career. He's like, no, I didn't. But he always said, like, this is Carl, and she wants to be a director. And I was like, do I... I don't know. I mean, honestly, this sounds a little cheesy, but I just didn't know the women could be directors.
0: Sure,
1: fair
2: enough. I didn't know. Like, I thought women were actors. But I just didn't know. But in film school,
0: you didn't have, there weren't? No.
2: I mean, like, I, this was also the beginning of my film school. journey. I mean, film school, numbers-wise, the same amount of women enter as men. But by the time I got to my final, like, I was on the directing track, and in my final directing class, out of 24 people, I was one of three women. Yeah. And that was pretty standard,
1: at, at USC, the numbers are much worse. Much, much worse. Really? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Would say, worse than
0: three out of 24? Yeah,
1: that's what I I'm bet. saying. I'm saying, I think maybe people don't fall off quite so rapidly, but the number of women who enter the production program, at least when I was there, I think I can name them all off the top of my head. Wow. Maybe maybe, maybe
0: 10? Maybe? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. It was bonkers. It's nuts. Yeah. I yeah, guess. I think
2: like DP and directing are the the two tracks that just like not very many women.
0: When, so when I moved to LA, my friend went to AFI and I worked on all these short student shorts, and I would say their DP program was like almost it half and seemed half, like fifty percent women. Yeah. yeah, and some of the best DPs in the world went to like female DPs in the world went. That's to true, AFI. but
2: isn't it only like ten people per year or something?
0: It is not a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> and also I think, also I,
2: think I think they're pretty conscious now about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Picking. Everyone's pretty hip to it, and the AFI has been pretty yeah. um, active about yeah. like empowering women. They've got the directors' workshop for women, and right? Which right. I stuff. have a lot of thoughts on. People. Oh, interesting. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I not have not applied. Not really. I just feel like there's all these programs that come out to help women supposedly, but it's like it just makes women jump through more hoops to be able to direct.
1: Fair enough. I, I think the point of the directors for women workshop is. To Never. kind of like help people who are right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. It's like you're basically there. Like you're going to make it with or without them. Yeah. And they just want to like accelerate that a little bit. Yeah, but you have That's to take off. Of
2: yeah, it. I mean, it's a really cool program. I mean, honestly, if I got in, I'd be like, okay, I guess I'll go. I have yeah. not applied, but you have to take off, I think, three or four months of work. You don't get paid and you have to raise money for your short film.
1: It's,
0: I mean, it's a film program.
1: Yeah. It's like it, film school. It's it, not. Um, if the Sundance Labs was women only, yeah, would you be like, well, I don't know about these guys? I don't know because yeah, I think that the point is that their stamp of approval mm-hmm. means that you can raise money a little bit easier.
2: Maybe I'm a finalist right now in the Sundance Labs.
0: Yeah, the screenwriting lab.
2: No, the but, they have a new web series lab. Oh. oh, really? Yeah, it's like there's twenty finalists, and we're one of twenty. I think they pick eight to ten. Is projects. it with distance? Yeah.
1: Real quick, Sundance Labs is like a, a thing where you apply with a project and if they pick you, you kinda go into this boot camp. Mm-hmm. It means it it's very prestigious it's like going to harvard you get you they know, hook you up t- with mentors like industry right. mentors and-, and and typically it means that you can have an easier time finding funding for your film because it's a yeah you know
2: it's one of those resume things that like i mean i've got i've been rejected from Sundance many times already but um I don't and know.
1: accepted a couple times as well. so that's
2: okay. Not, not anything that I've directed yet. I guess this one's getting close. Uh, I guess I'm, did I, so the, I guess I the director thing I never even answered that. Uh,
1: <laughs> and then we'll get into your web series.
2: right, right. So I think I always knew that I I, I kind of knew I wanted to direct, but I just again I didn't know that I could be a director and I knew how to produce and I knew how to make money producing.
1: Did you have an aha moment? Where well, you were like, oh, wait.
2: Yeah, I started producing, my, for the job that I got after Computer Chess was producing like online video content for a company in Austin. And after about six months of doing that, and like me doing all of the work, and these guys showing up on set and like pointing the camera at something and getting paid three times as much as me, I was like, no, I can do this too. And so I convinced them, I said, if you want me to keep producing, I'm going to get a chance to direct. And they were like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, okay, I'm walking. And they gave me a chance. And then I kind of fucked it up, actually, and it gave me another <laughs> chance. <laughs> and so, at
1: that the second time, that is the time, best lesson, though. Yeah, that's great.
2: Oh, I've screwed up a few commercials by now. One, my first one in L.A., I screwed up like pretty royally. Uh, Learned a lot.
0: I Feel like there's like tangents to choose from. Uh, <laughs> let's let's take that one. What's what? What did you do? What happened?
2: Um, so it was this makeup commercial, and I don't do makeup commercials. I've just never. I've done. That's not what I direct. And I thought,
0: how did you get the job?
2: Um, it was like a friend of a friend. This company that I won't name. It's kind of like lower budget stuff. But they, I don't know, they like really wanted to hire a woman.
0: What's lower budget? Like twenty thousand dollars like, for I think a it was day? Like
2: Fifteen for a one day shoot. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's what they told me.
0: So you
1: have a decent crew. You have yeah. one location, yeah, and an actor or two.
2: Yeah, one actor. Non-union. Yeah, non-union. It was this kind of um super cheesy, like proactive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got like the meant job, to be
0: cheesy or
2: they wanted it to be cool, and that's why they hired me because they were like, "Oh, you have like cool stuff in your reel, and you're like young and hip." And I was like, "Yeah." And then then they gave me the boards, and I was like, "Oh, this seems like... Ooh, I don't know. It's going to be hard to make this cool." And they didn't believe me, and so on set. And but the main thing that happened was that the concept was really bad, and also, the makeup artist they hired it wasn't someone that I knew, and uh, mm. they had to hire someone, and she was terrible, and the makeup looked like shit, and it was a make it was a skincare commercial, and um, I remember after seeing her on camera, I was like, uh, can you do the makeup again? And the girl was like, really? I was like, yeah, it's like, way yes, too Like yes, I'm your heavy. boss
0: right now. Yeah. I mean, so you sorry, the makeup artist was doing makeup on your actor yes okay and the actor had their makeup did not look good it
2: looked terrible it was so it looked like super caked on
0: and it had nothing to do with the lighting or anything
2: no i don't think so and so we tried making those adjustments many times and so finally she redid the makeup it still looked bad and i was like you have to do it again and by this time i made the makeup artist cry the producer's freaking out and i was like we need to fire her i was like this isn't gonna work and the client was like tired and they're like it looks fine it looks fine And I was like, okay, I guess it's fine. And it wasn't fine. And when we looked at the footage, it looked bad. And so it was this skincare thing, and her skin looked just gross. And, uh, yeah, and they were kind of upset about it. They had to reshoot some of it. And so it was one of those moments where if I would have listened to my gut, and if I would have even said, like, fire her, Mm -hmm. no makeup, I mean, whatever, then, yeah, yeah. But I don't think they will never hire me again.
0: I can't tell you how many times on set, like my gut's telling me something uh-huh. and everyone on set's like, no, no, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. It's great. We love it. It looks mm-hmm. great. Yeah, And you're like, it feels wrong. Yeah. And then it's like 99 times out of 100, your gut is like right. Well, Absolutely. and I told you so it doesn't help, right? No, like you it can make, be like, it's, like, doesn't I work. said this a million times, like on camp like it doesn't Well, one of these weird matter. things about being a director, especially commercial, it's like you said, the boards you got, Your job is to make a bad idea (laughs) and not enough resources cool. Yeah. And, like, if you succeed, then everyone gets credit for making this cool thing. And if you fail, it's, like, your fault. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. That's why, like, I feel like I'm in a place in my career where I won't take, unless I'm in love with the creative, I won't take, like, super low-paying jobs because it's not that I didn't... Think I'm worth more. It's just the stress of the responsibility is like not yeah. worth it. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I feel like I'm running up against like a script that's not funny, haha. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course. It's like, you know, everyone's smiling the whole time. We're having a nice time. It's not, no one's laughing out loud, but like we all know that that's not what we're aiming for. Mm-hmm. And if I don't explicitly spell that out a couple times on calls and in emails and in the book, then when we get the product back and it's not laugh out loud hilarious because this is not a super funny idea yeah it gets it goes poorly yeah
2: yeah Yeah, it is it is funny that the following your instincts thing every time i'm like i'm just not gonna do that but
0: what would you i mean there wasn't really anything else for you to do
2: i don't know i mean i would have honestly i thought to myself we should just have no makeup and she would have looked better and she would have looked better it would have been fine
0: yeah right or you're yeah, let yeah. her do her own makeup
2: Right, something. It was just amazing. And I, you know, it already like made her cry. It was like the whole thing was a disaster. Right.
0: But I was like. And was like- anyone backing you up saying like. Your so DP first, or anything?
2: It was like a DP i never worked with. It was a pretty, it was this whole crew of people. I just, it was like my second month in LA and I was so happy to have a job. And I was right. like, this company was like, oh, we do a lot of stuff that we'll start on this lower budget thing. And then, you're like, well, you'll get to do bigger things.
1: Right. And also with a new company, like, you kind of want to hire their people. Yeah. Like, you don't want to just be like, trust me, I've got it. Let me right. bring in all
0: these people who are great because, like, Right, yeah. you don't know want to be best, responsible for yeah. every single mistake right. made on set.
2: Although, but now I f- I feel like I'm learning how to put my foot down more and more with directing. And I think gender-wise, that is a little bit tricky because, like, I feel like in the past, I was doing work for a company in town, and I'm not sure if they're going to hire me again because I was like labeled as difficult. Right. I think, right? And yeah. I was like, I mean, that's not it. Could be any gender, but but I'm just saying that like it was it was tri- It's tricky. It's
1: tricky, and it's also that. It, that it's so tricky because, like, that's the director's job. Yeah. You're, like, your job is to say, "Hey, I'm protecting the creative." Producers can 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 protect budget and like every every department head is protecting whatever department they're doing. The director is like, "I'm going to watch over the whole vision of this thing," mm-hmm. and like getting labeled difficult that is utterly
0: unfair and a yeah. thing that like I don't know still happens. Yeah. When, yeah. When I first moved to L.A., my roommate, Alana, got me a job to PA on this Jamiroquai music video. It was directed <laughs> by Joseph Kahn, you know, who did. So I was just like so curious. I, I was always like horrible PA because all I'd be like, yeah. how much does that light cost? What does that camera do? Like, yeah. I, I, well, so I'm supposed wild. to be changing out yeah. trash cans yeah. or like watching something somewhere. Can I see the storyboards? Yeah. 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 They had an editor on set that was editing. They had the whole video cut as storyboards and as they were getting shots in. Even though they were shooting on 35 he was like connected to the video tap, he would cut them into the so in real time, like he's seeing the video. And obviously the audio is the music cool. video. So it was su- everything was super so was cool. Fun. And I was telling my roommate, who was his assistant, she was she was the camera assistant on the set, but she was his her normal day job was being his assistant. Wow. They'd gone like a million dollars over, I mean this was like the Whoa, very hating. end of like multi-million dollar yeah, music yeah. videos. They had to add all these shoot days and I got fired off that job for this crazy reason. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> I was like, well, isn't he worried about that? That they're going over and re-? And my roommate told me this thing. She's like, his job as a director is to make a good video. Nothing. None of those other things matter. Yeah. And I try to like, think about that, especially, you know, I don't want to be difficult, but like, I just did this commercial, you know, the other day and there's like a classroom mm-hmm. scene and the producer's like, how many extras should we get? I had five down and I'm like five like what are I, I mean i need class. like i would want like 30 you know <laughs> i could probably live with 12 but like just so you know my job as the director is not to get the extras to the smallest yeah. number we can afford right it's to tell you what we need and your job is to figure out where we cut or what we don't what we don't cut like there's other places i'm okay with a doorway dolly instead of like a fisher dolly you know right if right. that means more extras but like I don't mean to be difficult, and I know you have five extras in your budget, but that just doesn't work. And then what's the kicker, of course, in the yeah. final cut? You only see like five people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. After I got wow. 20. Yeah. So, um, you but, got 20, though. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that there is like a
1: slightly shifting role for kind of the spot that we're all in where mm-hmm. you are a little bit producer as well because you're dealing with such limited budgets like joseph khan can go over budget and it doesn't matter because someone's going to pony up right on a fifteen thousand dollar shoot if you go five thousand dollars over which is not very much money and goes like that that's it you can't you you literally can't do it the the money just isn't even there right yeah it, it makes getting like coming in on time a little bit more of a crucial part of the job description
2: yeah it's a tough line to walk the how when to hold your ground and when to just play ball
1: yeah
0: yeah that's why i actually love i was just telling sawhorse so i worked with i love working with them one of the producers was like hey oren as a friend i'm telling you stop bugging us about the casting it was two days before the shoot no one was cast yet right the client hadn't responded we hadn't done fitting. There was no wardrobe. We didn't know anything. I was going to base the entire cast around, like trying to get it to be diverse in the right ages and everything yeah. based on the lead person. Everyone's like, who do you want to cast? And I was like, well, I need the client to choose a lead. Anyway, I was bugging them so much. He was like, orn as a friend, I'm telling you to stop asking us. <laughs> it's with the client. Everyone's starting to get annoyed because of you. And I was like, okay. And it's then I said friend. to him, I was like, just yeah. so you know, the reason I'm so annoying is because I know you guys. If this if this was the first thing I directed right. for your company, I would just be like, "Oh, it's awesome! I love everything." But right. because I know you guys, I I'm focusing on making it good instead of on making you guys like me. You know? Yeah. Um. And so, I don't know. It it is an interesting balance. But yeah, we need to wrap up pretty soon. So I, I just want to can we just things. talk yeah. about your web series real quick because I think it's sure. fascinating. Yeah. Distance. It's the one that's the Sundance. It's a finalist in the Sundance Labs.
2: Yeah, it premiered. The pilot premiered at South by Southwest.
0: And it's also isn't it playing the New York TV yeah. festival? Yeah,
2: it's so interesting. Which is
0: an awesome festival too, by the
2: yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, I'll go for the first time. Yeah, so this web series was not created by me. I was brought on to act. One of the actors, the guy in it, Alex DeBrenco, It's his. He created it and um, brought. Jack, the other director who's now a good friend of mine, they were, they always were going to do it together. And then they wanted to bring another female director on. So I was like, I thought Alex was a friend of mine from Austin. So I thought it was like, oh, I'm just being brought on like as a buddy. But I did have to send him all my stuff. Turns out he went through like 20 directors to get to me, which is nice to hear like, oh, yeah, I was selective. Awesome.
0: Of. Wait, tell us what it's about because it, or yeah. the, the concept because it's cool.
2: Yeah. So it's a comedy about a couple in a long distance relationship. And it's told from two perspectives. So it's essentially one script for each episode, but one's totally from her point of view and directed by me, and the other one's totally from his point of view, directed by Jack.
1: And she lives on the West Coast, and yeah, he lives she's LA. in New York. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, she's yeah.
2: Moving forward, we may switch directors. Like, I may direct some of his, and Jack may direct some of hers. We'll see. I should <laughs> ask Start FaceTime just bent over. Oh! Like, draw a little face <laughs> on your butt.
0: No, we have catching up to do. It. What do you do when you want to have sex?
2: Are
0: you just masturbate all the time? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Ugh. That's not the...
2: Don't say cyber.
0: <laughs> let's, let's make love. Through the internet. So if you direct his, you'll fly to New York for those episodes?
2: No, I'm sure we'll cheat it. We cheated it so far. Oh, really? We've only shot the pilot.
0: Does he live in L.A. too?
2: Yeah, we all live in L.A. Oh, really? And Ashley, the girl, she was on Vice Principals, and she's kind of like...
0: Oh, who's she on Vice Principals?
2: She's the secretary.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like really she's meek. so cute. Yes, yeah, I knew she she's looked familiar. Adorable. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: She's awesome. They're all from Austin.
0: Wow. Well, Austin Austin that's like a good lesson, deep. too like yeah. you can pitch and basically make a concept that is a, about a long distance relationship from la and new york and shoot it all in la
2: yeah i mean so i gotta move to la right and we it looks just like new york We That's we just point. got that wallpaper that has bricks on it <laughs> seriously and put it in his room in echo park
0: there's no so, bricks in LA.
2: Yeah, there's anyway. no brick. Nobody
0: we, has exposed brick. We don't brick. have a ton of exposed bricks. That's true. That no. is the, the shortcut for yeah. New York. That's true. Right, because yeah. earthquakes and bricks don't mix. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Everyone knows oh, that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Fifth grade. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, all of learned our bricks that. fell down. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool. how it, So you and another guy and another person direct the same show together.
2: Yeah, it, it was really interesting because we, we learned a lot making the pilot because we Jack directed his side first, and our one rule was like we aren't going to be on each other's sets. Mm-hmm. We made some visual style rules together, and um, kind of like can you give how, us some
0: examples of visual style rules?
2: Yeah, I mean it was like we we were going to have the text messages be on screen versus shooting a bunch of screens. We did sh- went a long story. We did shoot a bunch of screens and then we reshot them.
0: Mm-hmm. So like House of Cards style,
2: kinda yeah. And at first we were going to try to go over coverage together, but then we decided just do our own thing mm-hmm. so we talked like the themes of the show the relationship between them both but yeah jack did his episode was with, with the same crew so that was weird for wow. me
1: the same dp too yeah oh interesting. it was
2: the dp who shot my feature so i luckily had like a pretty good relationship with him already uh-huh. but um so yeah same crew so it was like they shot his episode and then on mine the weirdest thing was like after the first few takes the whole crew was kind of like wow this is different. Like this is weird, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And they're like, Well, "We are not. Should we? Should we say how it's different?" And then Alex was like, "No, don't tell her how it's different." And it was interesting because everyone was like, "Wow, this feels really different than his." And it did turn out a little too different, in fact. Like now, going forward, we need to figure out how to marry,
0: like some, tonally,
2: yeah, tonally, and also
0: was one of them like more jokey or funny than the mine other. Mine
2: was a lot raunchier than his. Like I let her in. It's about the first episode is about them having cyber sex. And so he... That's in the trailer. Yeah. And so my side was just like, I don't know, I just... Also, Ashley's like a, a friend of mine. She felt really comfortable. So, like, we went there and, like, she said a lot of nasty shit. And, you know, and apparently on his side, he sure. didn't really do that. And so it's just kind of an interesting study and, like... Because there was some improv allowed, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, I improv'd quite a bit. I guess he didn't as much.
1: That's funny. I guess improv is maybe the intersection between kind of the two ideas. Yeah. Right. Like that's where it butts up and doesn't quite match anymore. Yeah. So even,
2: so like in this, within the cyber sex, she, her, like, she did different things in his episode than Mm -hmm. mine. So some people. But he's
0: in your episode.
2: Yeah. But only on screens.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Because he's not there. Wait. So did you direct him in your episode? Yeah. I mean,
2: but he was actually in a different room. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it was in a different was he in a different He was in a different place. And I would direct him over the phone and on Skype. Oh, we did the Skype stuff real time.
0: Cool. Yeah, That's it rad. worked.
2: It was kind of amazing. Yeah. So I'd yeah, be like, I love "Okay, Alex,
0: practical screens." Yeah, you do? Yeah.
2: It, w- it worked pretty well, actually. And act- and what was really cool about it is when there was like glitchy issues mm-hmm. we kept it because that's real life yeah, trying to Skype so with someone yeah yeah so it was it was it was super interesting because at first uh, one of our fears was you know Jack and I do have a lot of the same kind of influences and we thought like what if it's too similar and what if you know directing is a hoax like we're all the same <laughs> you know and so but it turned out they were so different we were like ooh, we need to figure out how to make them were similar and just the way that Jack covered it was different like he did a lot of profile shots and panning I did mine like pretty traditional mm-hmm. coverage
0: and you guys cut it together as one episode and submitted it to festivals
2: yeah it's gotten into every festival we submitted it to which is amazing because again my feature was rejected from so many places and I'm like damn yeah,
0: yeah I mean it's Austin. such a cool
1: idea though I yeah that's it
2: I guess it has like a hook
1: yeah and Much-
0: what's your feature called it's
2: called The Big Spoon
1: Let's talk a little bit about that cool. before we wrap out. Yeah, I mean, you, making your first feature is like too awesome to, yeah. to pass up. So tell us a little bit. Of, what, what's the film about?
2: The film is an unromantic comedy, and it's about this girl Mallory, who I, her real name is Mallory, and we wrote the film together, and she's the star. Kind of like a kissing Jessica Stein sort of vehicle. And uh, we also like raised the money together. Uh, not very much money.
1: Can you say how much?
2: Sure, like around a hundred.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Maybe a little more
1: friends and family rates, but you're paying. Yeah, we paid people a hundred bucks a day. That
2: that was on my side. I
0: sense your hesitation. I did. I sense your hesitation. This is a game of gut reaction. You have to just hit the ball. You
2: just didn't give me enough time. Well, just you
0: know, don't just don't hesitate. Okay. Hello, you guys. You ready? Always ready. Okay. One zero. One zero. We went for the same thing. That was good. Seriously, okay. Mom?
1: How are we? One on one. He
0: doesn't need my help. No,
1: no. You don't. Come on, that's not true. It, here, come on, Mal. You're sir, all right? Okay. You're sir.
0: No. Hey, hey whoa, well, no, Sorry. no. He has to bounce on I your side, that. then in our side. You can't, you know. What the hell is that?
2: I don't want to hit the dog in the face. Her eyes are really bulgy. You
0: can still serve the right way and not. Can we just play? Me and you, please? Can we play? I think that's a better plan. Why don't you guys just. I never wanted to play. North America versus South America. May the best America win.
2: But we shot like on. Again, like, it's just because I knew everyone in Austin. Like, I'd been working in Austin, making commercials and whatever for so long that, like, the gear houses. I mean, we got an Alexa for like two grand for three and a half weeks.
0: That <laughs> it is just insane.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Stole well that camera, basically. Well done. So if you're thinking about moving from Austin to L.A., shoot a feature first.
2: Yeah. And so that was, that was kind of yeah, my. You can
0: also, by the way, move to L.A., then move back to your hometown yeah. to right. do your feature of and course. then come back to L.A.
2: That's the thing is like I so I, I was on a couple of commercial rosters when Austin I'm still on one, but I wanted to make a feature before I moved. And so I made The Big Spoon. And um, yeah, we're premiering. And I, yeah, that's the thing about like to, to go back, I guess, to the Austin versus or wherever versus LA thing is like, I do have a lot of friends who are still in Austin making films, but they also teach, they also edit, they mm-hmm. also do some of them are directors, but mainly they I live feel in like, a house. Yeah.
1: Which is cool.
2: Yeah, but but also I I don't I just had to ask myself too like what do I want to do? Do I want to be a professor at UT? Mm-hmm. Do I want to make another two hundred thousand dollar movie? No, and no were the answers. I was like I want to do TV. I want to make big movies. I want to have big budgets. I want to do big stuff. Yeah, and so I came to LA, and I mainly I, I do seventy five percent of my directing work in Texas still. I'm trying to change that.
1: Do you go back to Texas? All to- the
2: fucking time. Just all the time.
1: Pretty cool, though.
2: I go to Austin most months, if not
1: multiple times a month. So you're having your cake and eating it, too, is what you're saying?
2: Kind of. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, What what's cool about moving to a bigger market is now, I think I said this to you, Warren, at that meeting, but I said it took me moving to L.A. to be hired consistently as a director in Austin. So now I'm hired more yeah. often in Austin. Because I'm are
0: like, an, L- an L.A. director. Yeah.
2: I'm like, like yeah, Hollywood I'm living director. in someone's house for free. Yeah, I'm like a big fancy director.
0: Can I tell you when I do like, you know, we do pre-production calls for commercials, right? You t- you get on the phone with the agency, the client, and the production company, and the director tells them like, this is the wardrobe, these are the actors, these are the boards, this is the sets, right? And I always when we we always have a page that lists like all the crew members, and I always like tell them all the big like our costume designer like did all the costumes on nickelodeon's this and our dp shot this whatever someone has heard of yeah yeah and it and it counts for so much because the clients are almost never in la and they're like oh wow we got like top hollywood people but they're really just like us you know they've worked on a tv show once or they did this or you know yeah she produced the sundance jury prize winning winner and Mm -hmm. you know she's but she calls richard linklater rick like like once you're in L.A., it's <laughs> like really fancy. easy to to kind of make everyone seem cool.
2: Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I, I There hasn't been a huge downside yet moving to L.A., except for the fact that I go to meetings like meeting you. And I'm like, oh, my God, everyone's so much more accomplished than me, which and Laura is like, they're older than you. It's OK. I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know. It, it is a little it is. It's so competitive here that it is hard but it's been a kick in the ass in the good way. Like, I've been shooting stuff on my own again since my feature. Mm-hmm. Like, I shot a sketch a couple weeks ago. I'm writing a lot more. I'm planning to shoot another short film in a month. Like, What I are feel you like
0: doing it, to try to get work in L.A.?
2: Having a lot of meetings. Just trying to meet anyone that will meet with me.
0: And, and how are you
1: setting those meetings? How are those happening? I
2: feel like a lot of them come from Texas connections. Like, a guy that I met mm-hmm. yesterday was, uh, not yesterday, I guess, Friday was, uh went to UT, now is a production company here, has had, like, Sundance shorts and also does commercials. And he was, like, a friend of a friend. He was going to produce a commercial that I shot, that I directed here, but he couldn't. I don't know, this is one of those things that I'm like, hey, let's meet for coffee. And then we have all these mutual friends. And, like, I think, you know, I had lunch with Tim Nakashi, who you guys know. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to, like, just trying to also make friends and yeah. build a network, yeah. you know. It's happening slowly, but I was without sounding egotistical like in Austin if you guys go to Austin and said like hey we know Carlin they'd be like oh hey Carlin but in LA like no one knows who the fuck I am yeah so ego wise it's tough (laughs) but yeah you know
1: yeah I think also um it's a little less concentrated in LA right like you can go to a handful of bars or Mm -hmm. like Austin Film Society or whatever it is and, like, know how to meet people. Right. And L.A., I think it can be very intimidating for people because there's not a an epicenter in quite the same way. Exactly. Which, which is why I'll tell people, like, to take improv classes at UCB or something just to, like, get your footing, you know? But as far as filmmaking goes, like, beyond CineFamily, yeah. there's not a hub that I know of, yeah. you know? But that's uh, why I started a podcast with Oren.
2: Yeah, it's cool. I mean, yeah. for for women directors who've made features, there's a group called Film Fatales, which I don't know if you guys have heard of. Have you heard of this? No, I know, I know,
1: WIF Women Film, which yeah, maybe is similar,
2: sort of. I mean, there's, God, there's like a million women's groups, but Film Fatales is specifically for women who have made a feature. So you can't even be invited to be in Film oh, Fatales unless you've made a feature. It's a small-ish group. They call it like the magic castle, kind of of filmmaking
1: which is an exclusive magician's club right and so we
2: do talk about craft and we have these monthly dinner parties but it's like super structured in fact laura and i were like maybe we should help eric with the structure of our directors meetings because it's like you only have to no, like a minute to make your intro and then you move on
1: so film fatale so that's that's incredible how did you come to know about it
2: it has different it has a chapter in New York it has a chapter in LA it has a chapter it has a chapter in all of the big cities and Austin has a film fatales chapter I there see. were seven of us <laughs> and in LA it's like 300
1: wow so so 300 people all get together for this
2: meeting no it's like 50 it's kind of rotating it's actually kind of complicated because there are so many women who mm-hmm. want to go I don't know I'm not in charge of it
0: it's not what you cool, I want to go from going mm-hmm. it's just for networking
2: it's for networking I mean it's also cool because we'll we'll so the meetings work like you introduce yourself what you're working on and then whoever hosts gets to pick the topic mm-hmm. so what was last week's top last week's topic was like delegating or something it's been like representation it's been directing action it's been it's whatever it's like craft based discussions and then you go around the coolest part you go around and you give an you have an ask or a give and you say like i'm looking for a production designer and then people raise their hand and then afterwards say Say hey, I have someone for you. Or I have a give like I can read a script this week. Who wants script notes? This is kinda like great community That's building so thing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Again, it's like you wouldn't meet them because we're all up for the same jobs. Right. You right. know, I'm not right. gonna meet. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good group.
0: That is cool. Yeah. Wow.
1: Wow. A lot well, of great stuff from yeah. Carolyn over here. I feel like the verdict is clear, move to LA, but maybe build your network before you go.
2: And right. build your reel. I mean, like, I, I directed most of the stuff that has gotten me jobs in Austin or in mm-hmm. Texas, whatever, from companies out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Because it just was easier for me to start there.
1: One last question. Did, did you know when the right time was to move? Like, were you like, this is it?
2: No.
0: Good. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. You just kinda like
2: kind of like... I kind of came here accidentally. There's like Ex-boyfriend. a Ex-boyfriend.
0: Sailing- flights oh ex-boyfriends ex-boyfriend situation yeah they'll do it
2: <laughs> yeah that's, that's how my
0: wife ended up here so really we, she followed like a boyfriend and now she's like an actor starring yeah. in yokai watch wibble wobble commercials
2: but i think having a network just tapping into whatever network you come from is helpful right it's like you see all sure. the people who went to afi they all hire each other usc yeah. whatever
0: I, matt's like an a, sc guy i'm an sc guy and every week he's like oh sorry i can't can't go to your birthday party. I got a drinks really? thing with my SC guys. Yeah, my SC of, friends. None of that stuff I got from SC. Hmm.
1: Like all of my abilities as a networker, like, mm-hmm. all came afterwards. Hmm. I'm trying to think of an opportunity. I I have relationships. I mean, from half SC, your crew like, is from SC. Yeah, but I but none of the opportunity. Like n- I haven't gotten a single pitch or a single like meeting with a development executive
0: through SC. Hmm. I'm pretty well, sure. Maybe one or two. Should have gone UCLA. Should've. Yeah. Should have okay. done it. Cool. Well, so do you know about unpaid endorsements?
2: Yes. Unpaid endorsements. I have one.
0: Oh, cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> uh, prepared.
2: uh last week there's this like my commercial directing idol is Alma Harrell. Do you know who that is? No. She started this initiative called Free the Bid. And it is amazing. And so she has convinced a bunch of big production companies and agencies to include at least one female director on every bid. Because it's, you know, we didn't talk that much about it. There's just so few female commercial directors in general. I mean, like, I can't tell you how many times people have been like, you're the director? Or wow, I've never met a female commercial director. So it's an opportunity to just, it's a, it's a way to get more women you know, on bids and jobs.
1: And so, so it's just like an alliance, basically, where kind everyone's of. kind of agreed, hey, this is just what we're doing from now yeah, on?
2: Yeah, I mean, like, she has a website, and then uh, she has female commercial directors listed that you can look at their reels. They're the big ones. They're like at Caviar and Epoch mm. and Pretty Bird and blah, blah, blah. And then a few big agencies have taken the pledge, like Mother, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of other ones, and some brands have... But she's, like, actively looking for more people, I think, to join that. That Pretty sounds cool.
1: incredible, yeah.
2: Yeah. It's tough because I've, I've thought so many times, like, how... Because other women always come up to me and say, like, how do you get into commercials? You know, how do you give me a job? And I'm like, I'm still trying to get the jobs, too. So it's, like, yeah. hard for me to get other people in the room. But it's a way... She's also, like, a huge commercial director. So sure. she's, like, at a point in her career, too, where I think she can help
1: sure. other she's, women. she's making enough cash. She's not quite yeah. so worried about it. But that's, yeah. I mean... What a perfect time to help people out. So, so what, it's called Free the Bid. Is there a website? Is it yeah. Free or Yeah, I
2: think it's freethebid.com. It's also a hashtag, hashtag Free the Bid. It's all awesome. over Twitter, and there was a Mashable article about it.
1: Great. Well, we will have a, a link to that on the show notes. Cool, yeah, cool. incredible.
2: What um, about you? all Do you do one?
1: Uh, yeah, me? yeah, we do. Yeah, I've got actually a Texas appropriate one. I saw the movie uh, Hell or High Water today. Fucking a, you guys, so good. Like. Like, it reaffirmed my faith in cinema good. I really loved it. So uh, it's like a modern Western, right, about two bank robbers and then two uh, Texas Rangers on the trail of these bank robbers. It's, like, pretty straightforward. It's like It feels like a classic movie in, in that way. Like Who's it, in it? It's uh, Chris Pine, Ben Foster, the two bank robbers. Ben Foster's incredible. Like, yeah. transformed. You would not recognize him. So good. So good. And then Jeff Bridges is the ranger in his, inc- like, maybe the best performance of his career. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Really. Better than that one where he's that singer guy? It's better than, uh <laughs> Crazy oh, Horse. Crazy <laughs> Horse. Crazy Horse. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't seen Crazy Horse, so I'm not sure. But <laughs> people don't love that movie as much as the is performance. This? Mm-hmm. this is a great movie and also a really beautiful, heartbreaking, incredible performance. It's right. great. Way better than The Big Lebowski. You're gonna make a lot of <laughs> listeners angry. Yeah, yeah, Love that movie. I do love that movie. Performance-wise, I'll say it's better, okay. categorically. I
2: like Teller High Water, but I didn't love it as much as other people. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was solid, but I was like, okay, it's forgettable. It's like a good movie, but then I was like, all right, whatever.
1: It, it it's not remarkable beyond its performance. Like story-wise, it's pretty straightforward, yeah. right? Yeah. So like, if it doesn't like kick you in the gut, if it doesn't connect. It. I get how it could be forgettable. I just was in the right mood at the right time. Yeah, I was like pretty anxious already. It's uh-huh. like a pretty high-strung thriller. So I,
0: boy, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful timing for me. Cool. Cool. I'll check it out. You guys should also check out the Night of. I mean, I know everyone's talking about it, but it's because the title is so lame. I like <laughs> never wanted to watch it, and then finally someone's like, "Oh, it's pretty good," and then I watch it, and it was pretty good. It's yeah. pretty much serial, and uh, you're
2: right. Or like, how to make, how to what's that? Making it with murder? Mur- making a murderer? Oh,
0: making a murderer. Not that show. Make it's yeah. like
2: it's like a narrative making a murderer. Kinda.
0: Yeah, except it's a narrative serial because yeah. it's about a Muslim guy. <laughs> oh that yeah, murder? that might or might not have committed a crime. But uh, I had to make a new website, and I wanted, you know, everyone that is smart and has a unique enough name gets like their name.com. But Oren Kaplan.com is already taken and you know we had matt pollock on the show and his he used to be an editor and his website was matt and now that he's a director, and got mattdirects.com and i didn't want to copy him exactly and get OrinDirects.com. it would have been okay though for listeners out there right, right. Yeah. so that's what i want to do i want to give everyone permission to take their first name directs.com or what i ended up doing was i got directed by oren.com but i'm telling our listeners they should all go by if your name is matt well, yeah. Matt directs the, is already taken, but directed <laughs> by Matt isn't. But go by that URL because it's a pretty cool uh, URL that tells people what you do, mm-hmm. and it's easy to remember. I think that's good. My wife really wanted me to get directed by Oren Kaplan.com, but just looked way too long.
1: It's long. You could get
0: both.
2: Yeah, you right? should. Then you can click right. Then yeah. you could. What is your They go to the same place. And you can
1: redirect, just like. Just shoot at podcast.com
0: and justshootitpod.com oh. yeah so you should go check out that website if you want to see links to Carlin's stuff and everything we talked about today Carlin where can we learn more about you on the internet
2: probably my website carlinhudson.com c-a-r-l-y-n because I have a tough name
0: almost as cool as directed by carlin.com I know but hey Hmm. I'm going to buy it. It may still be out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for, thank you there. for my birthday. Yeah, it's well, cyber squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, I'm at Smitey Piling. And I'm at Mr. Matt Enlow. If you want to learn
1: more about the show, you can visit JustShootItPod.com like we talked about or follow us on Twitter at JustShootItPod. Music was by Jazar and this episode was edited by Eric Crippot. Thanks, Eric. See you later.